Hello, and welcome to On a Mission Podcast, where we aim to inspire and educate through sharing stories and experiences in the real estate industry. It's hosted by Dina Frank, a licensed realtor in the state of Minnesota at Remax Results, a Good Life Group, and Kelly Tanky, loan originator, NMLS 1599804 at Summit Mortgage Corporation, NMLS 1041. We started this podcast so we could share real stories from real people on their experiences in the real estate industry and break down barriers. We hope that by sharing these stories and experiences, it helps you feel more confident and comfortable when it comes to buying or selling. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, enjoy. And now let's get to this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of On a Mission. Woohoo! We're so excited because it is officially the month of November. You know, we're a couple days in, and um, after one of our brainstorming sessions a few weeks back, we decided that obviously because Thanksgiving falls in the month of November, why not have our theme or focus? the month of November be of gratitude and thanks and all that great stuff. So you'll see us kind of plugging some stuff periodically through our next couple of episodes as you're listening to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to start off, um, you'll hear again, maybe in the next couple of weeks, because I have to work on it yet, but um, another new intro um, as we're kind of transitioning. And I did um, jump over to another team within Remax Results, and I'm so thankful that they took me on. Um, it was just, you know, I was looking at everything I, that I had going on, and it just seemed like a really good fit and a good time to do that. And the most exciting, well, I mean, there's a lot of exciting aspects <laughs> to it, but one of the most exciting aspects is that we now have, like, a podcast space. I, it's so fun. It's like, we are in a new digs space right now. And yeah. by the way, everybody, you can't see, but she also has all of her swag, too. For, <laughs> like, she's got this real nice, like, Yeti-style mug with a Good Life Group logo on it. They actually gave me a water bottle, too, but I already had oh. this filled up, so I'm like, I'll just switch it over. So. so do you yeah. have coffee in that? I do have coffee oh, in this. Nice. I'm drinking my energy drink right now. A healthy energy drink. Still on <laughs> still on the coffee time. I don't usually quit drinking coffee until like eleven or eleven thirty. I try to, to wrap it Same. up. So uh, you know I'm I was making my way across the metro so I needed to just grab a bunch of stuff real quick. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But cool. yeah, so to kind of transition into uh, you know our our next set of episodes, like Kelly said, we are gonna talk about stuff to be thankful for and just kind of yeah. you know reflecting on how we can help those out there listening who maybe haven't started the process yet. Um, you know, we wrapped up our kind of mini series on all the different loan products, which I think it went really well. And hopefully you guys learned something from that and feel more comfortable with the different, yeah, yeah, different programs. But for today's episode, we thought it would be kind of a good time to talk about, 
if you're renting right now mm-hmm. and kind of how to get ready to become a buyer sure. and then kind of tie that into the spring market, because even though it's just the beginning of November now, like we've said in previous episodes, the spring market in Minneapolis, the Twin Cities area really kicks off like the day after Super Bowl. As soon as that Super Bowl so yeah so that is basically three months away so which is this is like kind of the perfect time to start talking about you know if you're you know if you're like Kristen like last week and you're sick of the kids running down the hallway and the 3 (laughs) a.m vacuum vacuuming sessions um now's a good time to start kind of thinking about okay like what do I need to get an order what do I Mm -hmm. need to you know start thinking about in terms of like budget and the money aspect. So yeah. The money aspect I think is really important to touch on because the, the rental market here in the twin cities and it's not just the downtown areas exclusively. No, it is twin cities, 11 County Metro wide. Did I say that right? 11 County. I think it's, is it 11 or 13, 13, 11 or 13, whatever. Um, you will even see rent amounts pretty expensive out in the suburbs. Like for me out in Woodbury, I've got so many apartment buildings out by me that like they may be a hundred, 200 bucks less expensive than some of the apartment buildings here in downtown Minneapolis or downtown St. Paul. Yeah. They're building two brand new apartment buildings right now, like within a block of where our condo building is. And they're actually going to be starting a third apartment complex literally across from us and you know I've been kind of watching their websites and they don't have the prices out now but we expect that they'll probably the rental prices because of the location Mm -hmm. yeah I think they'll probably be probably two to three hundred dollars more than what we're paying on a mortgage yes Yes. So, which is exactly why we feel it's so important to have these conversations and talk through. Um, I mean, the the pro to renting is one: if you don't know if you're going to be actually staying here in the cities and possibly relocating with your company, then yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense to to root yourself, right? Um, Or if you if maybe you just don't have enough saved up, but also take a step back and realize that a lot of that money that you're going towards the rent. I mean that you could be saving a ton of money just on your mortgage. Exactly. Yeah. And out ways to just little ways that you can save. And that all goes back to talking to your financial advisor. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And I will just kind of piggyback off of that because I know, I know how hard it can be to save when you're already paying rent, but mm-hmm. you are paying, you know, you're in pay, you're paying inflated prices a lot of the time. And even if you're living in like a fourplex or a duplex or something like that, like you're likely paying your landlord's mortgage. And so, you know, it's <laughs> plus more. <laughs> yeah, plus more. So it's just something to think about. And I think I'm going to say like from an actionable step kind of situation like if you are able to get out of your lease before you start looking to buy maybe it is I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this but like maybe it is living with your parents for or a family member for three to four to six months to 
save a little bit of money, get situated because also then you're not locked into a lease. So when you do find the right house to buy, it gives you a little bit more flexibility because I know. You can act on it. Yeah. And you can act on it quickly rather than saying, oh, shoot, how am I going to figure this out and trying to like move the chess pieces around. Exactly. I don't think you're going to get any flack for that, Dina, because if people are in a position where they do have family members here, I I think that people would be surprised to know the amount of people that actually do something like that. It's wise. Yeah. It's wise. Yeah. You're saving money. And I mean, even I know we're talking about rent versus find a home. Yeah. I know we're talking about rent versus versus buy specifically today, but I even know people that have done that like when they're selling their first house to Mm -hmm. buy their next house because it's so stressful to try to do it all at once. So like piecemealing it in this situation is so helpful. So I think looking at that as an option or even just temporarily, like, you know, maybe you have a friend who their lease is up and it's like, Hey, like you want to move in with me? Like if you have a two bedroom or like a one plus den, or you have some extra space just to cut down on your costs, I think that's probably the easiest thing to cut out. Mm -hmm. And then of course it is meeting with your financial advisor and saying like, what, what's that like extra fluff stuff that you're paying for that maybe you need to cut out that you can save, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month and put that towards your home when you're ready to buy. So since we're talking about down payments and all of that stuff, I do just want to drop a little bug in everyone's ear and plug this again. And we've talked about it already, but yesterday I was at, um, Minnesota housing training. So, um, MHFA is what we call it. It's an opportunity for down payment assistance. If you're not necessarily in the position with a ton of money saved up. And even if you do have money saved up, there's still the capability of utilizing something like this. But where I'm going with this is that, um, there was, there was a point where one of the instructors said you would be so surprised at the amount of people who are just under the impression that they have to have 20% down for a down payment. And there's so many benefits to that. But at the same time, maybe you have really good income. You just don't have a ton saved up because you have been renting and because rent amounts are so expensive. Um, You don't have to have 20% down. There are programs out there where you can have as little as 3% down of what the purchase price is of a home. Three and a half percent down if you go FHA. Yep. So there are options out there for you. And just know that that's the reason that we are, that we have pooled together to do this podcast is so that we can drop these notes and drop these hints for you that it's not always the way you think it is. And I know that there's a large population, a large chunk of people out there who just have this mindset. 20%. I I have to save up 20%. No, you don't. Yeah. And I think... That is another good reminder because it's so true. Like you look at all the statistics and like, you know, the, the industry itself does so many polls and things. And it's like, I think I read somewhere very recently that it was like 65 or 70% of people think they have to have 20% down. Yeah. So, and I think that's another good, um, kind of touch point to talk about with your financial advisor because they probably know, a lot of the programs or can Mm -hmm. put you in touch with, 
you know, people they work with and obviously like reaching out to Kelly and just kind of saying like, Hey, what program do you have available for my situation? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then you just kind of are working with, I think more not finite, but real numbers. So, you know, Mm -hmm. understanding what you can afford and then working the numbers back. Right. Because if, you know, for a 3% down program, it's obviously going to be a big difference if you can afford, you know, a 200 or $250,000 house versus, you know, maybe you do make really good money and you're able to afford a little bit more, but since it works on a percentage basis, you're going to have to have more money up front. So it's good to work with that lender like well ahead of time so that you know kind of what to expect when Mm -hmm. you get to be under contract. So, yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I just think that's so important. And then, two, another planning piece I think is important Um, to kind of start maybe working on or just kind of looking into is your credit score if you're currently renting. Because I know, you know, a lot of landlords and a lot of apartment complexes do a background check and they do pull your credit. So you may know from like when you first started renting what that is. But I think it's important to start working on that path because if you do have a couple bumps in the road in your credit score, Working on them now is going to put you in a better position when you're ready to buy in the spring. I totally agree. I mean, there are so many, so many of the programs out there do require your credit score to be, you know, at 620, 640 or above. Yeah. Down payment assistance, it, you're looking at a little bit higher. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that's a wildly important, and we've said this before, we'll say it again, we'll probably repeat it again in another episode. That credit score, the higher that it is, the better your interest rate is going to be, and if your interest rate is a little bit better, then that actually, it folds into where your monthly mortgage is going to be. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've got a specific range, price range that you want to be in for your monthly budget for the mortgage. All right. Well, let's let's totally focus in and narrow in on that credit score and how vital it is to have it be in a specific spot. Exactly. So, and there's so many tools and resources that myself and many other mortgage lenders have in place. We've got credit restoration companies that we know, we know people specifically. Yeah. Also. So, just keep all of that in mind that not only do you have the the base knowledge from your mortgage lender, but you've got the resources from their back pocket too. Yeah, you can have a whole team working for you mm-hmm. well ahead of time because mm-hmm. I do think, you know, when you're looking at purchasing in the spring, I think that's one of the things that can be, that catches people off guard is, yeah. you know, let's say you're looking at 2020 and you're, you know, one of your goals is to buy versus continuing to rent and kind of like what happened to Kristen again, like going back to her story of, you know, you think you're ready, but then the reality sinks in that maybe you're not ready. And so then it's, well, what do I do? Do I rent for another year? Do I try to find, you know, like, do I move somewhere temporarily? And so I think talking about it now kind of sets the tone. Yeah. For the upcoming season, because, you know, spring is always, competitive like and so doing your homework now and so you're ready for when that time comes will really set you ahead when you're 
more serious. You know, I mm-hmm. think, I think the majority of people's leases are up, especially in Minnesota, like Minnesota. May, June, July. Yeah. And I know we've talked about kind of a timeline before. And so just kind of circling back to that, you know, the spring market really starts the first week of February, but if you're, you know, if your lease is up in June, you have to give 60 days notice that backs you up to about the beginning of April, end of March. So that is really giving you only like six to eight weeks lead time. Yeah. So doing it all now and really, you know, getting on an MLS search so that you can see what's out there in your price range and you can start narrowing down Mm -hmm. so that you can be laser focused you're just going to be in a better position. It's just going to set you up for success that other people that are waiting until February to even begin, Mm -hmm. they're already behind the eight ball. Yep. I love it. I mean, I've got a close friend of mine that um, I had initially gotten her pre-approved and then things just, for whatever reason, you know, personal stuff came up and she was not able to move forward with finding a house. Now she's like, okay, February timeframe. That's like my goal. Like I want to be in a house by February and she's already reaching out to me now. She probably should have maybe a month ago, but that's okay. It's fine because I already have a a baseline knowledge of where all of her finances and stuff are at and where we can get her pre-approved. So that's exciting. It's really exciting, but she's not coming to me in January and going, in a month, I want to be in a house. <laughs> she knows that it's going to take some time to find a place. Yeah. But, I mean, more oftentimes than not, what happens is people start looking on Zillow. They start looking on Realtor.com. And you're finding homes. And then it's just like, oh, that is my dream home right there. Like, that's it. And then, it, boom, it's gone. Yep. Days. It's gone. So, Sometimes even hours. I mean, right. Put the yeah. Work in now. Get yourself formally ready. Credit in good standing, and pre-approved, and yeah. then you're ready to rock and roll. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, <clears throat> I just have one more thing that I kind of wanted to touch on, and then if you have anything, we can kind of wrap it up. But one thing I wanted to talk about is. You know, we always see the, like, how much will it cost you by waiting, right? Like, you always see the year-over-year comparison. Mm -hmm. And I found an an article this morning as I was, like, kind of going through my routine or whatever. And I thought it gave a pretty interesting perspective on the overall market. So people who bought, like, in January, their house has appreciated by, like, 6 or 7%. Mm Mm-hmm. Over the year. So I think the figure they gave was like a house that was 373000 in August was worth 395000 So Already. that's like, yeah. So that's like a $20,000 difference close to. Pair that with the interest rates and where they're at right now. So, yeah. So then that was the next component was, but in January, interest rates were higher. Mm-hmm. So they're lower now. So that was giving people like a $40,000 advantage just based on like where the credit rate or where the mortgage rates are. Plus wages have gone up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So overall you still have good buying power. So I know 
the reason why I want to say this is because I know people get frustrated with prices going up and it's like, I'm never going to be able to afford what I want. And that is their kind of one of their reasons to keep renting. Mm -hmm. But like you mentioned at the top of the episode, especially in the twin cities, rentals are so saturated and so high that it's not getting you ahead. You know, you're not putting that money towards something. So I think you have to look at the overall picture of, you know, appreciation plus the mortgage rates where they're at right now Mm -hmm. still is putting a lot of people in a really good position to buy in the upcoming year. So if you think (laughs) that you're being priced out of the market, when you look, you know, like you're looking at Zillow or whatever, and it's like, oh, this house that was 200,000 last year is now saying it's giving it a Zestimate of 225 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just keep in mind that interest rates are really, really low right now and the economy is still doing good. So you're still in an overall better position to buy now or in the next year than you will be in the future, like further on down the line, because we've, we've said it before too. Like we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know, but we can pretty well assume that interest rates are going to start ticking up at some point just because it's It's just just, history. It's history in the making and it's inevitable that it'll end up happening. And whether it's at a slow tick pace or it goes up dramatically, we don't know. We just don't know because there's so many things that play into it. The economy, just politics, and we are coming up on a new, like, yeah election year yeah and that's, so that's gonna, gonna be play huge. such a vital role in how our rates adjust it really is so i'm just gonna do a call to action here mm-hmm. i'm gonna say if you have like any questions about well okay so i i'm paying x amount for rent right now and this is what my income looks like what sort of home could i potentially get and what could the savings be yeah i will help you like the it's this is a free analysis that I'm like literally throwing out there for you guys and saying, let's find out. Let's find out if it makes sense to do this now or if it makes sense to wait for you. I will put together all of those numbers for you without you even having to go through an application. I I do this on like the regular for people who are considering refinancing. Sure. Without them pulling credit. Yeah. But just know that in the grand scheme of things, we're going to have to pull credit to really get the most accurate picture. But in the meantime, if you've got a general idea where your credit score is right now, obviously you know where your gross annual income is too. I can put together some pretty preliminary numbers for you to see what's your savings going to look like from where you're renting right now versus the type of home, the cost of a home that you could actually get for that amount that you're renting. Yeah. And I think that's a great offer to throw out there because then people can kind of start, you know, either getting set up on an MLS search based on those numbers Mm -hmm. and seeing what's out there and then start making some of those decisions of like, where are you willing to compromise or what, you know, what extra do you want to do to maybe like bump it up a little bit if you're not happy with any of that stuff? Mm -hmm. Like, but it gives you an idea. And I do, too, just want to say, like, you know, it'll be really interesting as the market starts to or continues to shift. 
as far as, you know, homes are going to kind of keep going up. I think next year it's anticipated to go up like 4%. But I think if you look at how much rents are going up year over year, you're not saving any money continuing that path either a lot of times. Like they're going to keep going up. And even though we're getting more inventory, they're starting at higher higher prices I've, so it's I something to think about before that rent it's this is this has been consistent year after year after year rent amounts go up three to six percent yeah as you have more and newer and nicer apartment buildings that are being built and under construction that could go over the six percent I don't know if they would want to do that. It's a little dramatic and a little drastic. Well, but it's the reality. It's the reality. So if you if you compare that to, you know, the home value going up 3 or 4%. You're in the same yeah. situation. Yeah. And I've seen two before um, in places we've lived previously. The apartment complexes, what they'll do is they'll start kind of nickel and dining people where maybe your rent doesn't go up but if you want a garage costs go up yeah so what you're paying for uh pet rent goes up exactly so they can get you in little ways where maybe you don't think that in that it's increasing but then something else will get will hit you so absolutely awesome well that's all i have do you have no that's all all i've got i'm I think this was a really good episode and just I do a, too. a nice little refresher because we have talked about renting versus buying, but it's so, I think that right now this time frame is so critical to be having the conversation with all of our listeners. This yeah. Good. And definitely good. share this episode. Like if you know somebody who's been renting for years that mm-hmm. maybe they aren't going to mm-hmm. start down the path themselves, but it's like, you know, that they would appreciate this and learn something from it, go ahead and share it with them. I mean, you know, it's not like you need a password or, you know, we have any (laughs) of your information. It's just good information to have in your back pocket. So, well, thanks again for listening. Thanks everyone. Have a good day. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to On a Mission, where our goal is to educate and inspire. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us to help spread the message. It takes 30 seconds to rate and review, then share this episode with your friends. Let's spread the love. Until the next episode, cheers to your mission. Bye. Bye.